if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob Fratz. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. It is indeed Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks so much for being here. It's eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway. It's Monday, 20th morning, second month, year of our Lord, 2023, and it's President's Day, and yet here we are in a federal holiday on the job, doing our thing. Why? Because that's exactly what we're supposed to do. All right, I'm only kind of half serious there. On other federal holidays, we take the time. But on President's Day, we're here on the job. And why not? Uh, In honor of presidents, 46 of them, probably not going to agree with honoring all 46, present president included. But as a general rule, I will say to all of the presidents who have served our great country, That's about as good. That's about as good as it's going to get. That's about as 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 uh, uh, as uh, praising as I'm going to get for the presidents because I would have to break them down one by one, and I cannot and will not do that. But I will say this, uh, and by the way, I've got one great guest on the program today. It's not who you would expect, because normally we talk to the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Ohio's own Jim Jordan. He is traveling today, and he will be with us live tomorrow morning. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But we do have today coming up on the program at about 1035, uh, a person that I have spoken about many times, a man um, who got me banned from Facebook and Twitter for a period of time because I dared to quote him and play a clip of his. He's the guy who holds the patent for mRNA technology. 
the mRNA shots, of course, that became the COVID profit shots, otherwise known as poison darts. The man who created that technology and who supported it in the beginning and who took his first two shots then realized what a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake that was and said he would not take a booster because he doesn't want to die. That's Dr. Robert Malone. I posted some video of Dr. Malone talking about the dangers of the COVID shots uh, about three years ago, two years ago, two years. I'm trying to know. I quit Twitter before that, so I take that back. I quit Twitter before that all happened. It was about a year and a half ago that I got suspended from Facebook for posting that video. That's what it was. It was a fascist book issue. Anyway, I posted a little bit of Dr. Robert Malone telling the truth about this, as nobody else can, because nobody else invented mRNA. Dr. Malone and his partners did. If anybody knows how it works and whether it will work and what its effects will be, it is he, and he knows. And uh, like I said, if you present his information, oh, <laughs> That's disinformation. That's got to stop. That's misinformation. We've got to ban that. We've got to cancel that. We've got to suspend not only the account of Dr. Malone, but also anybody who is pushing, promoting, sharing, or spreading the disinformation by Robert Malone. After all, CNN commentators know more about mRNA and its dangers than the guy who invented mRNA. We got to keep Twitter moderators know more about what's real information and what's disinformation than the guy who invented the mRNA technology. So you get the point. Dr. Malone is going to join us join me this morning at about 10:35 and I'm looking forward to getting into all of that with him now and also about where it goes from here. So that's our only guest, which means there are plenty of opportunities for you to be heard at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. And we'll get you up and on the radio. So before we get started, I guess we should probably do our our pledge. You know, the one that says, uh, I pledge allegiance to the Ukrainian states of uh, Zelensky. And to their republic, to which it stands, and I'm trying to find a way to make this funny, and I can't really because I'm really irritated by it. But if you are aware of the news this morning, and if you listen to our good friend Hugh Hewitt uh, prior to me coming on the air, you're well aware that Joe Biden made an unplanned, well, not unplanned, a surprise visit to Kiev to meet with and huddle with um, President Zelensky, and to give him another five hundred million of your dollars, another five hundred million dollar check to Ukraine out of your money and mine. Did you pay your taxes? Then you paid Zelensky. Did you get a paycheck this past Friday? Did you notice the line item on your uh, withholdings? It said Ukrainian fund per. Joe Biden, that tax is going to be in effect forever. How do we know that? Because the Biden administration continues to tell us so. As a matter of fact, John Kirby was on Fox yesterday morning and said very directly, however long it takes, that's how long the U.S. will be funding the war against Russia 
by way of Ukraine, quote, for as long as it takes. That means it's open-ended. There's no end date. That means it's an indefinite promise. Our pledge of your dollars and mine from your paycheck and mine is indefinite. And there is absolutely nothing we can do about it. So it begs the question, is this something that America is prepared and, and satisfied and, and glad and, and comfortable with doing? Being in a war with Russia? Because that's what it puts us. That's where it puts us. I listened to my friend Hugh talk about this all morning long, and he is dancing in the aisles over this great moment that Joe Biden went to Kiev to huddle with Zelensky because of what a wonderful shot in the arm, no pun intended with COVID, but it was for the people of Ukraine to see the American president on their soil supporting their effort. The greatest day of his presidency was the story. I'm looking for it, and I'm not finding it. His presidency is supposed to be of the United States of America, not the Ukrainian states of America or of Zelensky. That's not supposed to be the case. Now, when this war started, I talked about the need to stop Putin from coming in. I talked about the need to be strong. I talked about the fact that the Biden weakness, which was on full display for all the world to see, is what invited Putin to invade Ukraine in the same way that Obama's weakness invited Putin to invade and to annex Crimea and make it Russian. Every single thing that the weak president does is checked, charted, and monitored, and acted upon by the the biggest tyrants and despots of the world. From Xi Jinping, to Kim Jong-un, to the Ayatollah Khamenei, to Vladimir Putin. Those are primarily our biggest adversaries. I just gave you the world leaders of North Korea, China, uh, Iran, and Russia. Every time the American president shows weakness, they pounce. Obama was weak. Putin pounced. And for eight years, Kim Jong-un tested more missiles in complete defiance of international orders. Every single time there is weakness shown by an American president, despots around the world pounce. Joe Biden came in there stumbling and bumbling and fumbling and not knowing how to speak and not knowing what he's doing and and tripping over himself and having incoherent policies and talking about the importance of wokeness and CRT and looked like he had absolutely no clue on the one area he was supposed to be an expert in, foreign affairs. But Joe Biden came in looking so weak after Donald Trump, who looked so I think a combination of strong and unpredictable kept all of those despots at bay. I mean, literally in this 21st century, Trump was the first president to not have any foreign authoritarian regime invade another that is an ally of the United States. He's the only one that we didn't have to take any military action with because he... I think, again, projected strength and also unpredictability. Xi Jinping had no idea what this guy was going to do. I'm not going to make a move now because I don't know what he's going to do. Vladimir Putin, holy cow, the game has changed. Here was Obama, who did nothing when I went into Crimea in defiance of his red line, 
Now, here comes this Trump character. I don't know what the hell this guy's going to do. I'm sitting tight. Trump leaves. In comes Biden. (laughs) Now it's game on. Now we can move. It's not the response to an aggressive action by a foreign power, an enemy of the United States, an adversary, if you will. It is not the response that measures the strength of the president. It is the prevention of the action that measures the strength of a president. Donald Trump prevented those things from happening. Therefore, they did not happen. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, sending weak signals around the globe, couldn't prevent them, and now it's a matter of how you're going to respond. The answer, according to Joe Biden, is to put us in a forever war with Russia. You say, oh, come on, Bob. You're exaggerating. What do you mean a forever war? We're not even at war with Russia. There's no American boots on the ground. There's no American jets flying overhead and providing air support, securing uh, airspace. No, what are you talking about? Establishing no-fly zones. We're not launching anything in Russia. We're not at war, really. Well, who is? Answer, Ukraine. And where are they getting all their stuff? Answer, United States. Tell me if you think Vladimir Putin thinks that we are at war with Russia. Tell me if you think Xi Jinping thinks we are at war with Russia. Because the answer is they do. And if you don't think that China is prepared to test us to see if we are ready to deal with a war by proxy against Russia at the same time as a war either by proxy through Taiwan or directly, then you are asleep at the switch because that is exactly what he's going to do. So rather than celebrating this day as the greatest day of the Biden presidency because he went to Kiev and gave another $500 million of your money away and mine, I think we better ask a question. What is the long game plan here? I think the Pentagon needs to answer it. And I think Dementia Joe needs to answer it. At what point does the bank account run dry? Have you told Zelensky that there is a limit to the American commitment here. We want to help. We're not obligated to. You're not a member of NATO. We want to help, and we have helped, but we can't do this forever. We can't say that as long as there are Russian troops in Ukraine, the Americans' blank checkbook just continues with money from your pocket and mine flowing across the ocean and into Ukraine. We can't do that forever. But they continue to say, for as long as it takes. Going to do it for as long as it takes. It's the most important thing in the world, according to Mitch McConnell. So this isn't even just a partisan commentary. It's not just about Biden and the weak Democrats. Mitch McConnell supports this action in full, as apparently so does you. My friend, who I messaged last night about a totally non-related matter and really appreciated his his, uh, response to, but I'm going to tell the truth. And if I disagree with one of my brilliant colleagues, I'm going to tell you that. And this is not the greatest day of the Biden presidency. It's not the greatest day of the Biden presidency. He hasn't had a great day as president. The greatest day of the Biden presidency, my friend, will be the last day of the Biden presidency, and not before. 
but giving more of our money away and pledging our unending, meaning indefinite, commitment to the war against Russia, which we are fighting by proxy through Ukrainians. The idea that that is going to be our commitment is one of the most dangerous things that I've ever heard. And oh, by the way, it should not be lost upon you that President Joe Biden saw fit to go to Ukraine, but not to East Palestine. He didn't even see fit to send members of his cabinet, nor order his Secretary of Transportation, Pete Booty Judge, to East Palestine to investigate the railway disaster that is leading to contaminated air, soil, and water that continues to get worse as the days go by, according to people on the ground. Couldn't go there. Couldn't go down to the southern border and actually go to the border, not to an emptied, whitewashed processing facility where there were no illegal immigrants coming through and being processed so that you could say, boy, things are pretty good down here. Go to the actual border. Go to the Rio freaking Grand. Can't do that. Don't have the time. But can make an unannounced trip all the way to Kiev to give a shot in the arm to the spirit and, the, uh, and to the uh, hopes of the Ukrainian people. Obviously, I hope the Ukrainian people are successful in winning this and stopping this. Obviously, I supported an initial attempt to try to help them. But if you think that we should continue that support on a financial basis and a providing of military weaponry, when the United States military, by the way, is in one of its weakest states in decades, if you think that should be our commitment indefinite, then I think you are sorely misguided. And that is no commentary whatsoever to Ukrainian people living here in the United States, you living here in Northeast Ohio, and I know we have a good population of them here, and they're wonderful people, and I support and pray for any loved ones or people in their homeland that are dealing with this. But this is not our war, and Joe Biden is doing everything he can to make it our war. I welcome your thoughts. What side of this do you take? 216-901-0945, What side of this do you take? Are you glad, as my friend Hugh Hewitt was, that Joe Biden went to Kiev? Is this the greatest day of his presidency, or is this an indicator of a massive, massive mistake that we are going to continue to repeat and relive for, for years and years and years to come? 216-901-0945, Dial us up on Always Right Radio. Nine twenty nine, always rate radio, AM fourteen twenty. The answer. If you're on hold, I don't want to put you on now because I'll cut you off before you get a chance to make your point. So what I will do in this last minute of this uh, first uh, half hour is give you what we always give you, and that is our pledge of allegiance. Friends, patriots, stand, face your flag, put your hands on your heart, join us for our pledge of allegiance. If you are a believer in Biden's placement of foreign interests over American citizens, in other words, being America last. Well, then you don't understand that flag at all. You may instead take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback, while the rest of us say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, 
indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 9.30, we'll get a news break. We'll come back. I want to take your calls. Are you happy that President Trump, or President Trump, President Biden went to Kiev and is pledging an unending, never-ending flow of money to the Ukrainian war effort? Or do you think this is a huge mistake? You know where I stand. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Right back. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob Prance on The Answer. All right, 9.37. Good Monday morning to you. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Robert Malone in an hour at 10.35. You're going to want to hear from him. He's got a book out called Lies My Government Told Me. Any of us could have written it. I don't mean that to say that we're all writers, but I mean we're all in that same boat, aren't we? Lies Our Government Told Us. And the better future coming. That's the uh, second part of the title. So Dr. Robert Malone will be with us. He is the, of course, inventor and patent holder of the mRNA technology that was used to um, inject and potentially, possibly poison millions and millions of people, leading to scores of, and I mean scores, of adverse events, including heart problems, uh, blood clots, palsy, strokes, and so many other things. We're going to talk. That's why he won't take them anymore. Took the first two shots, then studied it, looked at the effects, and realized this is a terrible thing. No, we can't do this. He will not take another booster. He once said the reason he won't take a booster is because he doesn't want to die. It's the guy who invented it. So uh, we'll have that conversation. Going to have a conversation about um, whether or not we should be continuing to fund the forever war in Ukraine. About Joe Biden's visit there, was that a good strategy, a strategic move? Was it a bad one? What does it mean? Uh, well, when he goes there promising to continue to fund every Ukrainian military operation until the end of time, literally an open-ended, indefinite promise, I've got concerns about that. I'm curious as to you, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Sally is in Berea first. Sally, go right ahead. Hi, Bob. I think that Biden's weak foreign policy emboldened Russia in the first place. But now that we're stuck in that, I believe that Biden did too little too late. His assistance wasn't decisive. He didn't give them what they needed right away, and we didn't monitor it well enough. I think we do. We're between a rock and a hard place now because we want Ukraine to win, but we don't have we have limited supplies and so i think we have to define how what we're able to do and limit that um i i think that um biden did this out of politics his numbers are tanking and he wanted uh to gain some support uh for his presidency Thanks, i think Bob. you're right i th- thank you sally i think you're spot on on that this is a photo op i believe and nothing uh, less than an attempt to try to steer attention away from his failed policies here at home. I mean, you know, if you're if you're if you're a failing president like Joe Biden is, and I don't care what lies he told during his State of the Union address a couple of weeks ago. If you're a failed president, where the economy, the inflation rate, the supply chain, uh, the uh, the uh, ongoing issues uh, with our with our um, uh, uh, 
business climate. What I mean by that, of course, is, yes, I know unemployment is at a great five-decade low, but it is very, very artificial. We know that there are still far too many places that cannot even find workers, and we still know there are far too many people who are sitting around and living off of the government dole. So aside from all of those things, or rather considering all of those things, what's the best way? You know, we got a porous porous border and and a horrific immigration policy. We still have a, uh, a massive problem uh, with respect to COVID-19 and trying to pick up the pieces, uh, trying to deal with the aftermath. I mean, all of the things that are going on here, and, and Joe Biden has failed at, the one thing he can do is say, Russia bad. And everybody goes, yeah, we agree, Russia bad. So let's go to Kiev and say, Russia bad, and get people to kind of turn back around and make him look like he's a, uh, you know, a supportive president. <clears throat> And to make it look like he knows what he's doing. So going there and saying Russia bad and we will do whatever we can to help you against bad Russia. One year later, Kiev stands. And Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you. And the world stands with you. And pledging, uh, like I said, never-ending support um, is is you know is is a way to try to boost perhaps his approval rating and boost his support among centrists who say, yeah, we agree, Russia bad. But here's the problem: the problem is, is the American economy cannot stand it. The American debt matters. The American deficits matter. And no matter how many times he repeats the lie that he reduced the deficit by one point seven uh, billion dollars or, uh, or or trillion dollars, I think he said, uh, which of course you know, uh, takes away from the fact that he increased the deficit by over twice that amount when he first came in. You know, I think uh, Steve, was it Steve Moore? Who put, I, I, I always forget who told me this line uh, or gave me this great uh, comparison. It's like gaining 50 pounds one year and then the next year gaining only 25 and say, look, I'm losing weight. No, it doesn't work that way. And neither does the deficit. So we cannot afford this. And here's my hope. Here's my hope. This is the one thing that is going to give me at least a small, tiny modicum of comfort, knowing that Joe Biden is completely out of control rather than in control of foreign policy. Here's my hope. My hope is that Joe Biden is only making public declarations of an indefinite plan of financial support for Ukraine for the purpose of of trying to outmaneuver Vladimir Putin. In other words, if Putin thinks the Americans are in this for the long haul, that they'll never stop funding the Ukrainian war effort, then maybe it gives him a moment's pause to see if whether or not he wants to see this thing through to the end, which is to, I don't know, what is Putin's goal here? To take Kiev? To, to capture and depose Zelensky? I don't know at what point Putin would think this is the end of the Ukrainian mission or of the Russian mission in Ukraine, to be precise. I don't know at what point that would be, but maybe it makes him think if the Americans are going to go all the way forever until we withdraw, then the American commitment will be enough for us to, 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 to lose this event to lose this incursion into Ukraine and thus to stop any other incursions we may have planned, including into Poland or anywhere else for that matter, especially once you start targeting and getting into to NATO nations. When NATO nations are invaded, obviously the full might and force of the NATO alliance is going to come down on Russia. But this, So this is kind of a test salvo, if you will, uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this incursion into Ukraine. And maybe Biden is saying, we are in it forever. 
will never stop until Putin is, is, is gone from Ukraine. Maybe it's just a psyop in order to try to convince, you know, Putin that, uh, that the Americans are, are, are never going to stop here. But in reality, there is a deadline. Or in reality, there is a demarcation in which you can say, we did our job in support of Ukraine, and now we are withdrawing. Not withdrawing, but we are no longer going to be adding to the never-ending kitty that we have put aside for Ukrainian military ops. That's the only thing I can do to make myself feel better about this, is hope that maybe he is trying to play chess while, while Putin plays checkers. Problem is, we've all seen and heard Joe Biden speak, and I don't think he's capable of playing chess with anybody. That's reality. TJ, Cleveland, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, good morning, Bob. You know, before I make my point on the Ukraine, when I was listening to uh, uh, Hewitt this morning, uh, a caller called in, he disagreed with them, and then he had the audacity to tell him, go look up the article in the Washington Post to make his point. Anybody that has to use the Washington Post is a source of truth and information. Well, I'll leave it at that. But my take on the Ukraine, Bob, we've been lied to right from the beginning. I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the war, we were told about this ghost of Kiev, this uh, Ukrainian pilot that was shooting down dozens of Russian jets turned out to be bull. Or you remember the starlet dressed in leather, uh, combat leather, was out there killing scores of Russian soldiers, turned out to be a bunch of bull. We've been given a bunch of bull on this right from the beginning. And if this guy is such a threat to the world democracy, i got to ask the question, where's the rest of the world democracies? Where's Japan? Where's Canada? Where's Australia? Where's South Korea? How come they're not pouring money and weapons into the Ukraine? Why is it just us? None of them are well, doing you know, anything. One of, one of the callers that called Hugh asked the question about the U.N., and exactly. where's the UN? And, exactly. and, and, and he pooed that too. Yeah, he did. He said, "I don't care. It doesn't matter. We know what the UN is." Blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, yeah, I get that. We, I, I have no respect for the UN either, particularly considering the way they continually uh, treat Israel as the enemy of the world. And uh, and you know, 99 percent of the uh, of the uh, disciplinary or whatever we want to, we want to call the uh, uh, resolutions against you know certain actions go against Israel. I, I have no use for the United Nations either. But the question is. The United Nations is supposed to act in a united manner. And when one member nation like Russia invades another, the United Nations is supposed to act on behalf of that, uh, of that nation that has been, that has been targeted. Why is it that only our dollars? Now, you, you could argue what's the difference because we fund the overwhelming amount of the United Nations budget anyway. So if the United Nations kicked in for this whole thing, they're still giving American dollars to the effort. We're just giving it, you know, going through a third party, in, you know, in that manner. But still, the other nations of the world, if they are part of the UN, should be acting uh, against uh, Putin as well and let the, let him know that we as a united body of nations oppose this and we'll do whatever it takes to stop it instead of just ukraine backed by america and 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 everybody in between is considered irrelevant yeah and if he's this great threat that biden and the media wants to tell us he's this huge the biggest threat in the world right now well let's quit pussyfooting around send people in there and kick his butt oh and they'll say well we'll risk you nuclear war well he's doing that now only in baby steps I mean, this whole thing. And then they talk about a democracy. I'm not so sure how much of a democracy the Ukraine was to begin with. A lot of people consider them the most corrupt uh, government on the planet. So this this stuff, I don't know what's going on here, but all I know is one thing. Uh, They're not even trying to broker peace. They're not trying to stop it. 
Putin wants this war and Biden wants this war. And you got to wonder what, what's in it for the two of them. And so does Mitch McConnell. Yes. Just so you know. Yes. You know, there yeah. are Republicans, Both some of the highest-ranking Republicans in America. McConnell has said this is the most important thing in the world, literally, that has to happen here, is that we need to support Ukraine and drive Russia out of Ukraine. This is literally what he has said in, in, in speeches or in uh, uh, open remarks. So, so yeah, wait, there's... Bob, one yeah. other thing I just want to say to Hugh Hewitt. If you're that hell-bent on this democracy, democracy, save it, quit yapping... Pick up a rifle, go over to the Ukraine and fight with them people, if it's that important to you. Well, I, you know, I, I understand your passion about it, TJ, but I want, thank you for the call, but I won't say anything of the sort. I won't say anything like that at all. That's not right. You're allowed to have a strong position on something, knowing that you are not obviously in a position to go and do it yourself, but you are talking about the use of American resources for which we pay taxes uh, and and how you want to use them. He wants to use them in one way. You want to use them another way. I want to use them another way. Uh, I disagree with my friend Hugh, but he is indeed uh, a, a very learned and, and knowledgeable man, particularly when it comes to military. He, he knows his stuff upside down and inside out. I just happen to agree with disagree with him on this. Uh, and which is okay, which is okay. But I'm not going to call him a warmonger. And I'm not going to call him a, uh, you know, a, a, a somebody who is uh, too cowardly to go and fight his own battle that he wants to have or anything of those anything of that nature at all. Uh, but but I just happen to disagree. He's bragging about this being the best day in the in the presidency of Joe Biden, and I'm trying to understand how and why. How and why does this benefit the American people? Donald Trump once said famously, "I will be the president of P- of Pittsburgh, not Paris." Uh, it, it, the American people come first, and the American people are in a bad way, so many of us, and I just cannot understand this open-ended commitment. I can understand maybe one round of of funds or, or aid, military aid, to be given to Ukraine as part of the effort, and then say, by the way, now you're going to have to go hat in hand to the rest of the world. Who else wants to help you? What other nations in the region want to help you? Because it affects them. If Russia takes Ukraine over much more than it does us, go to them for some funds, go to them for some military uh, 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 support, for munitions, for planes, for uh, tanks, for all of the things that they're coming to us for. You know, here's our donation to the kitty. Now go to other people instead of we are literally the sole source of Ukrainian funding. And that cannot be. I just fundamentally disagree with that. And I also am pretty pissed off that Joe Biden would see fit to go all the way to Ukraine, but not to the southern border, not to East Palestine. Those things matter first. 951, right back. Okay, 955, Always Right Radio continues. We are guest-free until 1035 when we talk to Dr. Robert Malone. So if you don't get on in this segment, uh, fear not. Uh, We're coming right back to more phone calls after the top of the hour. For now, though, we're going to go to North Olmstead, and that's where Therese is waiting on AM 1420, The Answer. Therese, good morning. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Well, I listen to Tucker Carlson, and I follow whatdoesitmean.com. And Mm -hmm. as I see it, uh, Turkey is aligned with Russia, and they do not want this global reset of the new world order. Neither does China. So I think if we can get China around with the United States, then we defeat this nonsense going on in Ukraine, because Zelensky is a known socialist. 
And that's why Russia's in there fighting. He's, they're fighting against this socialism, along with this Biden coming in there with our money. He doesn't want democracy. He's a known socialist. So what do you think about that? That's my take. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's questionable that, that China would do anything to help the United States against Russia. As a matter of fact, one of the most grave concerns that they are considering right now uh, is whether or not China is going to arm Russia the same way we're arming Ukraine, because they are both have one thing in common. They are both adversaries of the United States. They do not want to see the United States be successful. They do not want to see NATO expand to include a Ukraine, uh, because that is not in their best interest, either one of those uh, two communist nations. But do you agree that the Zelensky is a socialist? Well, I do. I do. He's taking down the people of Ukraine. It's what's really what's really fascinating. Yeah, what's really fascinating about that is that Zelensky is viewed by so many because in I mean in this case, yes, he and his nation are the victims. They have been they have been invaded by a foreign power. They have no right to invade their sovereign territory any more than we would like it if if Mexico or Canada. I know that sounds laughable, but were to invade us. So yes, he is a victim in this case, and the people are there as well. But it's funny that we do treat him as if he is Churchill. We treat him as if he is somehow defending, you know, democracy and freedom and and liberty and not uh, a socialist kind of uh, regime, if you will. Um, remember, you know, there's something else about Zelensky that people forget. Um, he was in charge when Joe Biden's uh, Joe Biden uh, Joe Biden's son, excuse me, was on Ukrainian energy boards that were working with the Zelensky government and paying Joe Biden's son uh, millions and millions of dollars to be on a board that he had nothing to you know no idea about. He didn't know anything about energy. He didn't know anything about uh, natural gas in Ukraine. He didn't he didn't speak Ukrainian. Yet he was receiving all of that money, which means there was a, a there is a very strong connection between the Biden family and. Zelensky. So I think this this, you know, forever war that they are committing to to stop the Russians goes a hell of a lot further than hey, it's wrong for one sovereign uh, one sovereign nation to uh uh you know to be invaded by a you know a nation like Russia without our help. Um they re- I I really believe there's a personal connection here and maybe a personal connection that holds some potential for extortion. Because I don't know what Zelensky has on Biden, and neither do you. But Biden's unrelenting support for Zelensky tells me that it's personal as much as it is um, uh, an international you know, decision that will be in the best interest of the United States. It is an awakening, and uh, from according to what uh, if you see what does it mean dot com, Zelensky is saying, hanging saying hanging this money idea over Biden's head, and if not, he gets the money, then he's going to expose Biden. So this is another there, part there of there. You the go. Awakening. That's what I meant by extortion. Oh, yeah, okay. I think they have something. I'm on. going out to do yoga. Thank you very much. God bless. Thank you, Therese. Appreciate your call. God bless. I uh, I have no idea what Zelensky has on Biden. But I feel like it is something significant. And Hunter Biden's connection to the Ukrainian government, Ukrainian uh, oligarchs, uh, energy companies, uh, I think are the are the key here. And I, th- and I hope somebody investigates that. We'll be back after the news. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Oh, in 
indeed. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock. Excuse me. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us on a Monday. It's the 20th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2023. President's Day, of course. Not, probably don't do a whole lot to celebrate that. Kind of weird. There's a lot of national holidays that have things associated with them, things that you're going to do. Um, some of them are just, we just call it a day. It's President's Day. What does that mean? Well, it means if you're a government worker, you don't have to go to work. And that's about it. <laughs> There's no commemoration of any kind. There's nothing being done in Washington. There's not some sort of a you know, White House uh, a ceremony. It's, a, yeah, it's President's Day. Okay. Well, it's President's Day. Uh, so if you got the day off, good for you. We did not, and so we are here for you. And if you got the day off, by the way, it's uh, all the more reason why you should be here for us at 216-901-0945. You don't have to be on the job right now. You can be dialing the telephone, 216-901-0945. I want to talk about something else this hour, this half hour, really, because coming up at uh, the bottom at... Uh, uh, 1035, we're going to talk to Dr. Robert Malone, and I'm looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this for some time now. Dr. Malone holds the patent on the mRNA technology that was used to create the mRNA quote-unquote vaccines that we know are not vaccines because they did not inoculate or vaccinate anybody against infection from a disease. Rather, they said, well, it's going to help lessen the symptoms. So that means it's a treatment. It's not a vaccine. That's number one. Number two, the treatment, the gene therapy, if you will, uh, DNA-altering gene therapy has been very, very dangerous and, in fact, deadly for many, many people. Dr. Malone is going to tell us how and why all of this ended up the way that it did, particularly why there were mandates for something that was absolutely impossible to verify would be safe for people. In the long run. So Dr. Malone will join me at uh, 1035. Looking forward to that. But I want to talk about this in this half hour, too. Aren't you sick and tired of people complaining about every little tiny microaggression and acting as though they have been personally harmed by it? This is political correctness on steroids of steroids. I'm just so tired of it. Tiger Woods. Now, Tiger Woods is not a, a very good guy. I think a lot of people would agree. Because Tiger Woods has, you know, made some very, very bad mistakes. He ended up getting divorced because he cheated on his wife many, many times with a whole bunch of, um, well, we'll just say there, stop there. He cheated on his wife, uh, not exactly been a great role model as far as being a dad for his son and, and those kinds of things. Um, ended up getting into a horrific crash. He was lucky to have survived a couple of years back. Uh, had to rebuild it, rebuild one of his legs and all kinds of other things. Apparently, he was on some cor- sort of medic- medication, whether it was legal or illicit at the time that he crashed. I don't know if it was ever determined, but he was on something, and he was uh, pretty whacked out and, uh, and and got into a horrific crash that almost killed him. So I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you Tiger Woods is some sort of great guy that deserves all of our support. However... Tiger Woods made headlines on Thursday for participating in an age-old golf joke with one of his playing partners and one of his best friends on the PGA Tour, Justin Thomas. This has been done for Lord knows how long, forever. (sighs) Tiger Woods handed Justin Thomas a tampon on the ninth hole at the Genesis Invitational Tournament during the first round on Thursday. Why? Because Tiger Woods outdrove Justin Thomas. Now, what does that mean? 
Justin Thomas is 29 years old and is a big hitter. Tiger Woods is 47 and used to be a big hitter. Now, between his back surgeries and his leg surgeries from the accident and other things, he's and, and being 47, he's not the big bomber anymore. But on this particular hole, Tiger Woods outdrove the young big hitter Justin Thomas, again, one of his best friends on the tour. So as they were walking up the fairway toward their shots, Tiger kind of sneakily handed something to Thomas while they were while they were walking. Unfortunately, cameras caught the exchange. It was a tampon. Why would he hand him a tampon? Well, because the inference is obvious. You hit like a chick. I just outdrove you. I have no business outdriving you. You hit like a girl. That's the inference. That's been the inference forever. And people lost their minds. Why? Because that's what the left has taught people to do in this age. Lose your minds over anything and everything that, that triggers you. Every little microaggression. You should lose your mind, be outraged, get on social media, and demand the cancellation of the individual who offended you, even though it wasn't offending you. It was offending Justin Thomas, who laughed at it because it's a joke. Jokes among friends are not supposed to lead to cancellations. Jokes among friends are not supposed to lead to uh, attacks that demand viral apologies and sensitivity training, which is what some of these idiots are calling for for Tiger Woods. Tiger made, of course, the huge mistake of apologizing. You never apologize to the rage mob. But he did it kind of half-heartedly, if you will. He did it with the, if I offended anybody, I'm sorry, it was a joke, blah, blah, blah. But no, that's not good enough. And that's why you don't apologize at all. You look at the media and you say, it was a joke between friends. It's been going on forever. And, of course, the the rage mob has gone out of their way to say, "Ah, you're pointing out there's a difference between men and women. By saying women don't hit as far as men. You just committed misogyny. You're a sexist. How dare you suggest that somebody who hits not as far as you do is like a woman? Well, first of all, to these leftist crybabies and Karens, you better identify what a woman is first. Are you now saying that they're are such things as women and a woman is an actual physical being composed of DNA and cells that identify them very specifically as women or that that's what you're saying now right that's number one and number two so what women do hit shorter than men you want proof walk onto any and every golf course that you ever could find in your lifetime any golf course, every golf course. You know you know what you're going to find there? You're going to find the men's tees, and then you're going to find the women's tees. And the women's tees are always a few uh, dozen yards closer to the hole. Maybe it's a 20-yard advantage. Maybe it's a 25, depending on the course, depending on the, the hole. You know, maybe it's 25, 30, 40 yards advantage. But it's way closer to the hole. And the reason why, women can't hit that far. 
It's not misogynistic to say it. It's not sexist to say it. It's not cruel or insulting or offensive to say it. It's just reality. And that's why guys, particularly the ones who try to outdrive one another, will poke fun at the guy who lost the, dri- the, the contest and hand him a tampon. I mean, this is just the way things are. And everything doesn't have to, to, to result in an apology because of the way things are. Because of soft, weak, pathetic soy boys who have said that being masculine is now toxic. To the soy boys and to the Karen girls who say, oh, how dare you? How dare you give him? First of all, they're going to be mad because he gave him a tampon because of the sexist nature of it. Second of all, they're going to say, well, you know, tampons, by the way, are usable for men and women. You know that fight, putting tampon dispensers in men's restrooms. Because, you know, there are men who menstruate, they want you to believe. So you're doing two things here. Number one, you're making fun of women and you're being a misogynist. And number two, you're being insensitive to the trans community because some trans men actually need those. (laughs) This is the culture that, that has been developed by the American left. And they have indeed been successful because people are afraid to push back. I played for you a clip. Um... Two weeks ago, um, yeah, right, two weeks ago, I think it was, right after the Grammys, when Joy Reid on MSNBC did a whole big segment on how the culture wars are over and we've won because the Grammys happened. And on the Grammys, they had a trans person win this, and they had a non-binary person up there performing that, and we had black and, and, and Latino singers up there getting awards and all this other crap which is completely irrelevant, but she said the fact that those things happen prove that we've won. And I had to go out of my way to point out, no, it doesn't prove anything. All it proves is you were able to put those things on TV. What would prove that you won is if anybody gave a crap and if anybody watched it. And the reality is nobody watches your woke programs anymore. Three years ago, 20 million people watched the Grammys. In the last three years, including this one, they've averaged 10 million. That's half. People turn it off because they're tired of your constant crying about being offended your constant crying about political correctness your constant crying about uh, about things not being woke enough remember michael johnson that name might be if you're a sports fan that name might be and an olympic fan that name might be familiar to four-time olympic gold medalist uh, michael johnson had to jump in had to jump in and attack Tiger Woods along with the rest of the wokesters. Oh, no. Any apology, starting with if I offended any, anyone, is no apology at all. But this is Tiger. Never been a leader, and he's Teflon. Still heralded after all the mistakes, and he's learned nothing. Media focus is always on miraculous recovery. Never the need for recovery, end quote. And of course, I would say to Michael Johnson, what the hell business is it of yours? Why are you personally making a public statement about Tiger Woods' quote-unquote apology not being good enough? Who the hell are you? You were a very fast track athlete one day. That makes you the arbiter of what when it comes to social uh, social um, standards? His, his apology wasn't good enough for you? And so therefore what? You want more people to attack him? I'm so tired of this. It is okay to be a man. 
It is okay to be a masculine man. It is not toxic to be a masculine man and to muscle up with your buddies. And when you have a contest with one of them over muscling up, like who hit the ball the furthest, to poke fun at the other guy, especially if they're a friend. It's not sexist. It's not toxically masculine. It's just men being men. And by the way, telling jokes, because it was a joke. Justin Thomas didn't smack his hand away. Get that tampon away from me. Oh, yeah, I'll outdrive you next time. He laughed and slipped it into his pocket quietly, and what he thought was secretly. Because he knew he's not supposed to be outdriven by, by Tiger Woods at Tiger Woods' current state. He laughed about it. But that's not good enough. Two grown adult men laughing about a joke between themselves is not okay, according to the wildly radical American left. It's toxically masculine to point out that, by the way, you hit it less than me, therefore you hit like a girl. No, no, you can't do that. Like I said, I am tired of the man buns running the culture. I am tired of the skinny jeans, gauge-wearing, nose-pierced man buns telling us what we can do and what we can't do and what we can say and what we can't say and what is toxically masculine and what isn't. The soy boys, you go ahead and continue in your little way like that. Leave the men to do men-type things. And, yes, men bust balls. And that's exactly what happened on that golf course, and it was hilarious. 10.26 10.26 now, always right, radio on AM 14.20, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us. <clears throat> um, I kind of want to stick on my topic here because I want to go to another example of this crazy uh, this crazy overreaction to every little word that is said. But let's go to Rose and Vermillion. Rose, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 14.20, The Answer. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Can you hear me? I hear you just fine, Rose. Okay, great. Thanks for taking my call. My hey, pleasure. I just want to make everyone aware um, with all the stuff that's going on, I read two articles, one from the Epoch Times and the other one from the Gateway Pundit, uh, that Biden, the Biden regime, regime negotiates legally binding deal to give China back WHO full authority over U.S. pandemic policies. No U.S. Senate approval needed. Uh, can you ask Jim Jordan about this? Um, there is the article, uh, from Gateway Pundit. It's on the CFFS website on facebook got it um it's posted and it's in the comment section there's articles in the comment section um and um i, I will definitely yeah i will definitely look at it uh jim is uh jim jordan the representative is going to be on with us tomorrow at nine forty-five. we will have a lot of things to get into but even if i cannot ask him live on the air it's something that i can ask him off the air uh, when he has more time to t- chat with me and i can uh, report back on it on the radio okay thank you bob you got it. Thank you, Rose. I appreciate the question and, uh, and the and the interest. I'll be interested in looking at that article myself. I have not yet seen it, uh, but I will look for it. So I want to uh, just super quick because um, this is going to come as a shock to you. Going back to my other issue, the the overwhelming need for apologies and the overwhelming need for some sort of response to offensiveness and so on and so forth. Did you ever think you would see the day or hear the day when I defend Don Lemon? Well, that day isn't here. I'm not going to defend him, but I am going to say, come on. Is he a klutz? Is he clumsy in the way he speaks? Yes. Is is Don Lemon the far-left 
black gay news commentator slash host on CNN really a misogynist because he said that Nikki Haley isn't in her prime? I mean, did you catch this one over the over the weekend as well? He's not on the air this morning. This actually happened on Thursday. He's not on the air this morning from the uh, CNN morning show because he is being punished, and they are considering firing him for responding to the question of uh, uh, of uh, Nikki Haley being, you know, at a prime age because Nikki Haley, as a younger candidate for president, was poking fun at the age of the old guy. Say, obviously, a dig at Biden, but she said seventy-five and up, so that would include Trump. Elder statesman here. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime so for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got another I'm not decade. saying I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that you know politicians aren't in their prime. You need to need qualify. To are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you talking about prime? Don't shoot the messenger. He said, but they are shooting the messenger. He is a klutz because, of course, he meant political prime, but he made an issue out of the fact that Nikki Haley's a woman because Nikki Haley is making an issue out of the fact that she's a woman. She is a woman candidate, first female minority uh, to be on the uh, Republican in a Republican primary ever. And so she's making a point out of her being a woman. So Don Lemon, in talking about the age thing, lumps it with being a woman and says, well, she's not in her prime either. Women are in their, in their prime at a younger year. I don't think he was being misogynistic because he's Don Lemon. He's just an idiot. He's a leftist idiot. And when leftists eat their own, well, then I guess you just kind of kind of have to sit by and watch it happen. But I'm just tired of the oversensitivity to everything. The reality is, by the way, for politicians, they are much more in their prime in their 30s and 40s and 50s than they are in their 20s and certainly than they are in their 70s and 80s. Because that's what he should have said. I'll be back. Keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Onward now at 1036. Thanks for being with us on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. I have been watching, reading, listening to Dr. Robert Malone for a very, very long time, at least in the course of the last three years. I won't pretend to have known who he was before COVID-19. But since COVID-19 started in early 2020, And Dr. Robert Malone has been speaking out on it. And more importantly, since the advent of the quote-unquote vaccine using the mRNA technology that he pioneered back in the late 1980s, I've been very interested in what he has to say. And uh, I've been longing for a chance to talk to him. So that time is now upon us. Dr. Robert Malone has written a book about what you and I have all experienced lies my government told me and the better future coming i know about the former i'm hopeful on the latter part of that title we all know the government has been lying to us let's hope for that better future dr malone thank you for joining us here in cleveland this morning how are you sir i'm good bob how about yourself and thanks a lot for having me on it's a pleasure even though you got me banned from facebook for a while there it's it's i'm i'm gonna start i mean we're gonna talk obviously about all of the censorship you have endured but it's just so bizarre to me 
that I posted a very short, I want to say a two-minute clip of you speaking in front of the, uh, of the a building and talking about the, uh, the reality of mRNA technology, of course, for which you hold the patent. And I posted it, and I was flagged for disinformation or misinformation, whichever one they were using at the moment. And, uh, and I was suspended for 30 days for daring to post something that could cause harm to others. And, and since that moment, Dr. Malone, and I've heard you in a lot of places, I, I've been wanting somebody to say, how the hell can anybody have more information, correct information, about something like mRNA than the guy who holds the patent on it? They dared to flag me and you for saying something that you know more about than anybody on any um, moderator board at Facebook could ever know. So that's where we're, that's a struggle that I want to start with here is the idea that you can't be heard and we can't repeat you without it being branded as misinformation despite your credentials. Well, uh, your first mistake was Facebook. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Um, I, I mean, let's just be honest. Facebook now is mainly the uh, refuge of uh, the older generation. I'm trying to be very gentle here. You know you're right. Uh, and has been largely abandoned by uh, younger persons uh, for other platforms. So Facebook is increasingly an artifact. You're absolutely right also that my name alone is toxic on that platform because clearly they've been colluding with the federal government to suppress free speech. Mm-hmm. The, the backbone of all this is an organization called the Trusted News Initiative, which is run by the BBC, which defines myths or disinformation as anything other than the official party line coming from either the World Health Organization or your national health authority, the CDC in our case. And so anything that anybody says that's different from the official bureaucratic party line is to be censored under those agreements. And Facebook is absolutely part of that, as is all of its various uh, permutations and, and web of other affiliated companies. So that's, that's what you've been subjected to is the thought crime of having uh, endorsed indirectly something which was different from what either the World Health Organization or the CDC was saying. Both of those have become highly politicized organizations, so they're not really the bastion of truth. There are really Orwellian uh, political organizations that are backed by this trusted news initiative alliance that crosses tech and corporate media. That's what's going on. Dr. Robert Malone is my guest. He has a book that you need. It's a Wall Street Journal national bestseller. It's Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming. Dr. Malone, um, you, you mentioned kind of the collusion between the government and the big tech you know, companies. Um, and I think we're seeing some of that being exposed now by the Twitter files that Elon Musk uh, ordered to be released, and now the um, the uh, hearings on Capitol Hill in, uh, in uh, the... And, uh, and the other thread is... The lawsuit by the two attorneys general against Google and the federal government. That's the other source of uh, information that's coming out Huge. in a discovery phase right now. Right. Yeah. Missouri and, uh, and Louisiana AGs uh, are behind that. And you're exactly right. My, my question about the collusion is I, I think some may have seen 
the big tech, you know, left-wing warriors doing this on their own. They don't need the government to actually tell them to flag this, stop that, because they agreed with them. But can you speak to who was the initiator of the collusion between them? Did the government agencies or the DNC or whomever go to big tech and say, we would really like you to take this down first? Or did they look for guidance from them saying, what do you want us to do? Uh, that's a touchy topic. Can I say all the above? Sure. Uh, we we have, and the other one that you missed in this is Big Pharma. So, for instance, we have the direct evidence from the Twitter files of Scott Gottlieb, former FDA director who took a two-month uh, leap, you know, after resigning from the FDA and then joined a senior position at Pfizer, directly interacting with Twitter to get them to suppress a tweet from Brett Gior, who was in the same time that Scott was director of FDA, was assistant, uh, was a deputy uh, director of health and human services. So, or assist, I'm sorry, assistant secretary of HHS. So Brett was actually higher rankings than Scott. And uh, Brett had tweeted out about the benefits of natural immunity. And Scott Gottlieb, while working on behalf of Pfizer, directly try, got succeeded in getting Twitter to uh, throttle and censor uh, Brett Gior's tweet. So we have multiple parties all interacting, and the documentation for the involvement of DNC and various affiliated organizations is clear. Uh, we, we have also clear documentation on the role of the Department of Homeland Security, as well as more indirect documentation about the role of the CIA. In Great Britain, the role of the 77th Brigade, which is their military psyops, has become quite clear, as well as their nudge unit. This is also true in Canada. Military psyops were deployed. And in in Australia, we have uh, FOIA documents that, in the in the lay press that show this so we had uh not just the uh domestic uh homeland security apparatus but we had the intelligence communities from the entire five eyes alliance of great britain canada u.s um uh new zealand and australia all cooperating and they have reciprocal arrangements so that for instance the editing on my Wikipedia page wasn't apparently done by the CIA, but rather by MI5. Over. Um, Dr. Robert Malone is my guest, um, giving us a ton of backstory information here about how these things are done and how the collusion uh, to silence certain voices have happened. Dr. Malone, I, I, I want to get into the efficacy and the um and the quote-unquote safety and effectiveness of these shots when this whole thing started and i want you to tell me about your evolution because first of all you created and pioneered the research in the late 1980s that's why you have the patent but you believed in them enough to take the first two shots and i remember reading a quote of yours shortly thereafter saying you would never get the booster and the reason when somebody asked you why was you said and i'm paraphrasing you but i thought it was because i don't want to die so you you had a change in thought yeah that, that did i get it right okay so tell yeah. me tell me how your thoughts evolved from actually you know believing in it enough to get those first two shots to then saying that was a mistake no way am i taking anything else so it had been 
my wife and I, who've been our, you know, working together on this our entire lives, virtually our adult lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the discoveries were made when I was 28, and it's actually nine patents. One of which Jill and I hold together on mucosal vaccines uh, using gene therapy. Uh, we had abandoned the positively charged fat or catanic lipid formulation technology because it was too toxic in animal studies in our hands. And we did extensive experiments with modified lipids and formulations, much of it pioneering, uh, resulting in many other patents. And we could never overcome the toxicity. So we went and worked on other systems, including direct naked polynucleotide injection and the use of pulsed electrical fields, electrocreation in vivo. But uh, I had still many contacts in the industry from my old colleagues, and I had been under the impression that those problems had been solved through a series of advances and that the product would behave as we were told, that it would stay in the draining lymph nodes after axillary, after injection into your deltoid, so the muscle in your shoulder, uh, that they had solved the toxicity problem uh, and that I had believed that this had been all done in a, a right and proper way, uh, even though the initial documents that were obtained by Byron Bridal from the Japanese uh, regulatory authorities demonstrated that the proper studies had not been done and that things had been bypassed in a rush to get the product out the door. But um, I was wrong. I, I thought that my peers in good faith had solved these problems, and I trusted them. I trusted the FDA back at the time. I actually believed that the what was happening was that the FDA was being hoodwinked by the likes of Pfizer because they didn't really understand the science. It's become clear over time that, that, that I was wrong. I was basically giving too much of the benefit of the doubt to the government and to the regulatory authorities and that, in fact, things hadn't been done right and proper. And uh, as time went by, the toxicities became more and more apparent, including the toxicities that I had experienced. I, I took one of the identified bad batches of Moderna with dose number two, and that's when I developed hypertension to 230 systolic and uh, um, elevated heart rate, uh, postural orthostatic uh, hypertension and uh, um, uh, restless leg syndrome, narcolepsy, uh, tinnitus, a number of things that at the time weren't recognized as known toxicities, but hence have become apparent uh, and are widely accepted as, as known adverse events. So, uh, like many of us, I had been... Uh, persuaded that that everything was on the up and up, and then it turned out that it wasn't. So I want to go backwards a little bit then, Doctor, if I may. Um, I watched a video of um, a panel discussion on mRNA with Dr. Fauci and a host of others that I couldn't identify um, on the video. Um, but the conversation was centered around um, long-term studies on mRNA shots being developed as vaccines. This is in 2019. So this is before we ever actually got to, you know, the discovery of the, of the coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus. 
Um, and they were talking about how whether or not it would be safe and whether it would be responsible to use one of these things without a long five to eight to ten year study. And they all acknowledged it would be ideal if we could do that, but if we can't do that, you know, we would have to use this. Now, it freaks a lot of people out because, again, it was before the discovery and the announcement of the worldwide, you know, pandemic uh, from are, this are coronavirus. Are you talking about Event 201? I'm sorry, sir? Are you talking about Event 201 or a different discussion? Uh, that might be it. I did not get the name of it. I only saw a clip of it. It was uh, it was a it was a clip on Twitter, so I didn't see the whole discussion. But okay. like I said, the the paraphrasing that I'm giving, I think, is pretty accurate. Where they were saying we should be able to do that, but if we can't, we would use it anyway. Um, and so I'm concerned about that from the standpoint of they knew full well they couldn't guarantee what the long-term side effects would be without a long-term study being done, actually. And yet they partnered with the pharmaceutical companies, as you identified, and with governments to mandate these things at the expense of people losing their jobs, their careers, their, their, their student careers, and so on and so forth. That's the real concern, or as big of a concern as I have from this whole thing, mandating something they did not know, admittedly ahead of time, what the side effects would be. Well, and, and we have from the lips of the likes of uh, um, uh, Deborah, suddenly I'm blanking on her last name, Brooks. Uh, the scarf. Brooks. Brooks, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for prompting my memory. Uh, and Rochelle Walensky, that they had... Uh, by their own words, substituted hope for data. They had hoped that these would work and that they would be safe. And on the basis of that, they used all of this coercion and psyops technology and then finally resorted to mandates, including for our military, mm-hmm. for products that we now know were, in fact, not tox- not safe and were not effective in preventing infection, replication, and spread of the virus. So uh, it's... It, it is a huge indictment of the decision-making process that went on in D.C., and it was. We now even have Mr. Gates saying that we had over we, you know, the collective we, since Mr. Gates is a self-appointed head of World Health these days, that uh, we had overreacted to the virus that was not that much of a pathogen. I think it's important to keep in mind if this, for instance, had been, let's say, for the sake of argument, a uh, aerosol transmitted Ebola, just to take an example, mm-hmm. that uh, various projections, if such a thing did come to pass, might lead to a billion people dead in the world. Uh, if we'd had a pathogen like that, there would have been a lot of tolerance for a fairly uh, toxic vaccine if it was partially effective against preventing death. But that was not what we've had. We've had a, a coronavirus respiratory virus that was a little more severe in the earlier variants than uh, influenza or um, coronaviruses, the circulating coronaviruses, and which has mutated over time, evolved to become more infectious and less pathogenic so that now the symptoms are really fairly benign. And it, it is, you know, historically, the, the average age of death uh, across all Western nations from attributed to this coronavirus is slightly higher than the average age of death uh, altogether. So it, it has been compromising and, and associated with death in people that were basically at death's door anyhow. Mm-hmm. 
And as that, that's often the case with influenza and other respiratory infections. So it was a gross overreaction. In terms of the ethics, it's completely unsupportable. It's really obscene. And uh, we have yet to fully understand the long-term damage, which may include uh, birth defects, may include spontaneous abortions, may include increased risk of cancer, certainly includes increased risk of clinical myocarditis, which carries something like a 20 to 30 percent five-year mortality rate. Uh, This is a huge human tragedy, and to have propagated this upon the world based on hope I think is just obscene. Um, You can make different judgments. Doctor, I'll substitute the word travesty for tragedy. Tragedies, I think, are accidental. This is intentional. They knew full well uh, all of the things that you just mentioned were possible, and they did not tell people. They did not give people informed consent or require informed consent before people rolled up their sleeves. They yeah, just said just, it's safe just, and effective, you just nothing else. wished your thumb right on the biggest issue of all of this, is, and it's the one that originally got me engaged in this topic, is that... They completely bypass and continue to bypass informed consent. They actively suppressed informed consent by blocking people from discussing on social media or other channels their own adverse events. Right. This this is obscene. What what was done here? And there people there must be accountability uh, for what's happened. And I, and Doctor, I, I, want, yeah. I want to ask more about the, 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 I apologize for the intrusion, but we're a little short on time, and I want to get as much in as possible, so uh, please, please understand. Um, no, go ahead. Dr. Robert Malone is my guest. His book, Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming. I want to talk about today and uh, died suddenly, not the movie, but the events. The fact that we have an extraordinary number of young, healthy people, most of them athletic, dropping over on their fields of play. We saw a football player die on live TV. He died. He was gone for nine minutes. His heart was stopped. They performed CPR and brought him back. He did an interview a few days ago and was asked, you're 24, healthy as can be, a supreme world-class athlete. Did you ever have any heart conditions before? No, I did not. Then what did the doctors tell you happened? And after a 12-second pause, he said, I don't want to get into that. Dr. Malone, nobody wants to get into that. Why all of these healthy people are dropping over with you know myocarditis, pericarditis, and other things. Um, and nobody wants to say, I took the vaccine, and I think it might have been responsible. Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out uh, on this topic. Uh, Ed Dowd's book, available on Amazon for the next week for free, as is my book and that of Bobby Kennedy regarding the real Anthony Fauci, are all available for free downloads for your electronic version for Kindle. But Ed's book is called Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And it's largely a series of press clippings of these cases of young people largely dying suddenly of unknown causes. This is a wave and it is being suppressed And uh, that in and of itself is criminal, in my opinion. And it's being suppressed by corporate media with the active involvement of, uh, it appears, the pharmaceutical industry as well as the federal government. 
Dr. Malone, I've got time for just one question left, although I have two really good ones, and I'm, I'm coin flipping here as to whether I want to ask you. I'm going to let you choose. The Biden administration has negotiated a deal to give the WHO authority over how the U.S. responds to health emergencies and pandemics in the future. That terrifies me. The other one is I want to know why our CDC is not learning anything from what we have learned in the last three years. Massive study conducted by Canadian and American researchers reported on last week showing that masks have little to no effect whatsoever against airborne viruses like a coronavirus. Rochelle Walensky's response, we're not changing guidance. We will never change the guidance on masking, particularly for the least vulnerable, which uh, are children. Yes, sir. The Cochrane Review is uh, the gold standard of the world for meta-analysis, and they've been tracking mask uh, safety for quite a long time, and it's very clear that these products don't work. Completely concur about the damage to our children. Uh, the uh, international health regulation modifications that you're referring to yes. have been proposed by our government, and the Biden administration is actively gaming the situation so that they can avoid Senate approval for what is functionally a treaty, but they don't want to call it a treaty, and so they're uh, basically backdooring it with the World Health Organization. And this would give Tedros really the ability to interfere with American sovereignty. Uh, this is a travesty, and they tried it before, and it was basically the African nations plus Brazil that blocked it on the basis of infringement on their national sovereignty. And now the Biden administration is trying it again. This is a power grab uh, that's being performed uh, really in alignment with the World Economic Forum, as well as the World Health Organization, to grab power uh, for these. Uh, groups that believe that the nation state is obsolete. This is really a major breach of ethics in terms of the Constitution and supporting and defending the Constitution. But we've seen this administration willing to do this all the way through. They don't respect clearly the First Amendment and have been colluding with tech and big media to suppress free speech. And there, there is no remedy. There's no way the Senate is going to convict uh, for impeachment. And so they get away with it, and uh, they continue to get away with it. And it's basically a game of catch me if you can. The courts are so slow and cumbersome that they just keep breaking the law and violating the Constitution with impunity. Dr. Robert Malone has been my guest. Uh, I really appreciate the time. I, there's so much more. I, what would it take for, to get you and Dr. Bhattacharya and uh, Dr. Koldorf and Dr. Atlas and Frontline do- Dr. McCullough to do a nightly cable news show? What do you think? <laughs> um, uh, Somebody's got to tell the truth uh, here, and you guys do it, but nobody, you know, you don't have as, uh, the platform you need. The platform you need is a nightly show. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm... We're intending to launch a weekly podcast, uh, hopefully next month, and so uh, we'll see how that goes. But I can tell you, all of us are scampering all over the world all the time, and even getting us on a Zoom call together is a pain in the can. (laughs) No, I understand. I do, and I appreciate you making the time to be here with us. I want to remind everybody about the book, Lies My Government Told Me, and The Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. Doctor, thank you so much for shining the light on the truth here. We appreciate it very much, sir. And thank you for your time, and stay healthy, Bob. Get your vitamin D levels checked. 
Well, I have the most important health thing that we need. I am naturally immune. I, 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 I got my COVID in October of 2020, and that was it. My natural immunity is going to take, the, take me the rest of the way, and I am on the vitamin regimen as well. So, Dr. Malone, thank you so much, sir. Bye-bye. All right, uh, 11 o'clock. We're late for news. We'll come back after this. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward we go into our number three. 11 minutes after 11 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on Always Right Radio. Phone lines are open to you now. If you want to react to anything you just heard from Dr. Robert Malone, I do. You may also react to the conversation we started our program back in the 9 o'clock hour with. Joe Biden went to Kiev yesterday, and uh, this morning he was departing after promising another $500 million. So why not? What the hell? Let's just continue to open up our checkbook that is already overdrawn to the tune of $32 trillion nationally. That's our debt. And, of course, our deficit is overwhelming as well. But let's just continue to give away Americans' money, your money and mine. Yeah. Because it's far more important for us to support the man who probably holds Joe Biden's kulians in a lockbox in Kiev because of what Hunter Biden did over there uh, than it is to, uh, you know, like support American causes, feed American families, help America's homeless, help America's homeless veterans, put that money to securing our border. Now, it's far more important to continue the forever war that is going on against Russia. Okay, just just checking to make sure that we have the policy straight there. Um, some have said that today is the greatest day of the Biden presidency because he went to Kiev and gave a, uh, a bunch of money and a bunch of hope to a bunch of Ukrainians. And to which I say, I would like them to have hope as well. But I think the money needs, needs to start coming from somewhere else now. We cannot fund a forever war against Russia. We can't. Especially considering we're probably going to start a forever war, or not start, but be drawn into one in uh, Taiwan against the Chinese in the next couple of years. This just cannot be allowed to continue. I want your thoughts on that. I want your thoughts also on the subject of hour number two, in which we spoke at great length about the ongoing crisis of words 
the cancel culture that is trying to take down Tiger Woods for handing a tampon to Justin Thomas after out driving him on a hole this past Thursday. And oh, the misogyny, and oh, the sexism, and oh, this is so unfair, this is so insulting to even the trans community. Because if you gave him a tampon trying to show that he hits like a girl, not only girls use tampons, boys use them too, you know. I mean, oh my goodness, what on earth have we gotten ourselves into? If you want to comment on either one of those things, that's fine as well. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Now, I want to hit this as a follow-up to my conversation with Dr. Malone and also to bring in the article that a previous caller mentioned to me in the uh, uh, Gateway Pundit about a difference or a subject that I read uh, another story on elsewhere, and that is the one about the WHO. You heard me ask Dr. Malone about the World Health Organization essentially being given carte blanche to make decisions for the American people, American businesses, American churches, American workers, American manufacturers, for Americans in the event of another global health emergency or pandemic. That the WHO, the World Health Organization, would have full and total control over what happens in the United States and in every member nation that signs on to this. And that, yes, Joe Biden is negotiating to sign on to this. Now, we talked about this with Michelle Bachman, former uh, congresswoman from Minnesota, about a year and a half ago. We talked to Michelle Bachman because she was sounding the alarm when the U.S. Uh, diplomatic uh, organization was there. I mean, I don't know exactly how many people from the State Department were there, but were, they were in uh, Switzerland having this negotiation and talking about signing over so, uh, uh, sovereign U.S. Um, territory to the World Health Organization if there is a worldwide pandemic, that we won't be able to do what we want on our land, in our country, if it's not what the uh, WHO approves of. We talked about it then, and it's time to talk about it now, because this story was just posted yesterday by Gateway Pundit, and that's the one that I was asking Robert Malone about. The Biden regime never fails to orchestrate an avenue to circumvent the U.S. Constitution and betray the American people. This bombshell report from the Epic Times reveals that the regime of Biden is about to surrender America's sovereignty to the WHO to give them full control over future pandemic policy. I'll pause there to say you understand pandemic policy means all American activities. Because when the pandemic struck in 2020, they shut down our workplaces of work. They shut down our manufacturing companies. They shut down anything that was considered, quote, non-essential in the eyes of governors and other local departments. They controlled, or excuse me, uh, they, they essentially um, decided where we could go and when we could go there. How long we could, we had a curfew, as if we're all teenagers in the state of Ohio. This now would transfer the power to do that from our governors, local departments of health, state departments of health, and the federal government. It would transfer that power from them to an international body. Biden's Health and Human Service Department secretly submitted proposed amendments to these negotiations to strengthen the WHO preparedness for and response to health emergencies. 
The amendments delegate the international body of unelected bureaucrats more authority to define what constitutes a pandemic, when a pandemic is in process, how long a pandemic lasts, and how to prevent, detect, and respond to future public health emergencies of international concern, end quote. Ultimately delegating the WHO, the WHO, total authority over emergency operations in the United States during such a public health emergency. The Daily Pundit, or excuse me, Gateway Pundit, beg pardon, the Gateway Pundit also reported there is a plan for a mandatory universal digital passport and ID system. The WHO's Intergovernmental Negotiating Body, and INB, has scheduled a meeting for next week, one week from today, February 27th, so members can work out the final terms of the surrender of national sovereignty. Once America officially signs on to this agreement, we will be completely at the mercy of the globalist organizations that helped the Chinese Communist Party cover up the original Wuhan flu. The coronavirus outbreak, the COVID-19 as it came to be known, which originated in Wuhan. Negotiations between Xavier Becerra, who is the Health and Human Services Secretary, and the WHO head Tedros spawned what is called a zero draft of a pandemic treaty. The draft was published on February 1st, now needs ratification from all 194 WHO member states. And it gives the WHO, the WHO, the power to declare and manage global pandemic strategy. Once a health emergency is declared, every signatory, including the U.S., must submit to the authority of the WHO. That includes caving to them on treatments, lockdowns, closures, and vaccine mandates, along with government surveillance. I'm pausing as I say these things for dramatic effect. It's intentional. Treatments, lockdowns, closures, and vaccine mandates. I just had a 30-minute conversation with Dr. Robert Malone, who pioneered the technology of mRNA that led to the vaccines, which were mandated, which are killing and injuring people by numbers that we will never know we'll never know the truth some studies are being done about the number of people who have taken jabs and gotten myocarditis and pericarditis and blood clots and strokes and all these other things we're never going to know the truth you want to know why medical examiners coroners the ones who report on who perform autopsies and uh, uh, report on the cause of death are being forbidden from ruling COVID-19 shots, profit shots, or as I like to call them, poison darts, as causes of death. What they were be uh, were allowed to do is determine whether or not a recently deceased person had COVID when they died. Then, if they did, they were ruled and listed as died of COVID. Not died with COVID, which would have been legitimate, died from COVID. But these medical examiners and coroners' hands are tied. Thanks to now the Chinese Communist Party and the World Health Organization, the virus that went on to spread across the world and kill millions of innocent people, over one million Americans, they say, have died from COVID. That is a specious number, though, I will tell you. But thanks to them, 
we now are ready to surrender our sovereignty in the future to this globalist organization. Now and forever. The Biden regime doesn't even feel like they need to submit this agreement to the Senate for approval. Because it's not being called an official treaty among nations. It has the full force of one, but they're not even calling it a treaty, according to this report. But they are surrendering our own sovereignty on how we run our country, how we run our uh, economy, businesses, churches, schools, and so on and so forth. We surrender it all to a foreign government, a foreign, a foreign um, globalist organization. They'll make the decisions, nobody else. And oh, by the way, they're the ones who decide if and when it's time for them to call the shots because they get to determine unilaterally what a pandemic is. Would they have called monkeypox a pandemic? Remember we heard monkeypox scream and monkeypox is the next serious thing. Monkeypox, monkeypox, monkeypox for about what, two, three weeks? And then it was gone. But if you give them the control or the control, the globalists, they could say monkeypox is a global pandemic. We're declaring it so. Shut down your schools. Shut down your, your manufacturer. Shut down your stores. People might get monkeypox from touching people with monkeypox who are pre-symptomatic. This is so dangerous, it's unbelievable. So the caller who asked me if I would ask Jim Jordan about this, I promise you, yes, I will. Whether I get it on the air tomorrow or not, I promise you I will ask that question to find out what's happening at the federal level uh, in response to this. It's... Uh, it's that important. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I'll be right back. Okay, 1126 now at Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. <clears throat> Let's go back to the phone calls as I promised I would. Dan in Middleburg Heights. Hi, Dan. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Fire away. Hi, Bob. Uh, great show today. I wanted to link the two. You were talking about the Ukraine with Biden, you know, okay. and with Dr. Malone on the, on the virus. Yes, sir. And to me, looking at the whole big world picture, this is one and the same with what's going on here. We're, we're losing our sovereignty. We're, uh, we're becoming, we are right now, basically a one-party system. I'm sort of like a history buff. If you look at Lenin, Stalin, Hitler, they all got rid of their political opponents to create one parties on their socialist world, okay? You go into the Ukraine, this is also about, um, uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, uh, bankers with currency, the Federal Reserve, and also the people that build those apartments that Putin is bombing. If you've ever noticed the, the president of Ukraine and the, the President Biden goes there, uh, all our senators and representatives, they, they're not worried about getting killed. I, there's something going on there that's just being contrived to drain our treasury, and Biden do, does it at will. We don't have a Congress to stop anything right now. And it's all interrelated. Uh, Russia doesn't complain about getting their gas line blown up. They know we blew it up. And so here we are. Uh, 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 I have Ukrainian heritage, so I don't give a damn about the Ukraine, anybody. I don't know nobody there. But you've got 10 million people that moved out of the Ukraine. It's so crooked there. It's the crookedest country in Europe. And here we stand. So Malone was right. We're being taken over on both ends. Remember on your show, Sherry Tenpenny said three years ago that this was all bogus with the virus, and she was right to this day. Correct? 
Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> she wasn't the only one, but she was uh, She was one of the, the most vocal ones. Of course, she was one of the yes. first ones to be canceled, all, too, as a result all, of it. All roads lead to Fauci. Remember she said that? Yep. Yep. That's and exactly it does. what she said. And That's what I brought up with uh, what I brought up with um, Dr. Malone this morning, uh, he was right. It was uh, it was event two hundred one that uh, two thousand nineteen um, session in which uh, some of the the leading epidemiologists and the leading uh, um, uh, what do I what do I want to call them developers, if you will, of the mRNA vaccines, taking the technology Dr. Malone pioneered in the late nineteen eighties and turning it into this. They all talked about how they needed to have long term studies to see what the effects would be, but they would forego them in the event of a pandemic. And guess what happened? A year later, after that meeting, oh, suddenly we have a pandemic. And it came out of a Wuhan lab that, by the way, was funded in part by Dr. Anthony Fauci and the NIH. So, you know, it all all of the puzzle pieces come together, but we're not allowed to say those things or else you and I are purveyors of misinformation. And Dr. Malone was. That's why he got canceled, for crying out loud. But that's all bull crap. That's why Trump got swindled on the deal. He meant well, but Deborah Burks and all these, and Fauci, they knew that wasn't they lied. tested. Sherry Tempenny knew that from the yep. beginning it's never been tested. Yep. And you know, I'll say one thing about it. And Donald Trump did. He got swindled on the thing, and I appreciate the call. And he, of course, was under tremendous pressure to do something about it with all of the fear-mongering that was being done. And he did what he could through the, quote-unquote, Operation Warp Speed. I don't blame him for not knowing what he didn't know at the time, because how can you? But in the three years since, President Trump still isn't denouncing these shots. He's still defending them because they're part of his legacy and Operation Warp Speed. That's a problem. That's a problem. He needs to distance himself from those shots, not just the mandates, but the shots saying they are not safe. They were not safe. They were not tested properly. Well, I was told that they would be fine. They're not. And that is a regret rather than uh, doubling down and saying, no, they're fine. 1130 News Time. Right back. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. Yeah, you better believe it is. Thank you to my pair of kings. I like it. Pocket Kings is always great at the poker table. I've got Mark King. And I've got uh, Karam and the Floor King uh, bringing us hour number three. Uh, this is a, a, a tremendous thing, and I really, really appreciate their support and that of all of my sponsors. And I hope you do support all of the sponsors that I tell you about every day for three hours a day because they matter. They really, really care about making a difference, and they certainly, I would not endorse them if I didn't use their products and really support uh, what they offer you. So please make sure you do that. So thank you to my pair of kings. Um, Yanina is in University Heights. Yanina, go right ahead. Yes, I just cannot believe it. I mean, what are we going to do to stop this? He's stealing, he's lying, he's just he's destroying this country. He's following Obama, fundamentally transform America. He's not even feel ashamed. They take five hundred million dollars to Zelensky. I looked at the, the house. Zelensky lives almost like a Trump in the castle in Ukraine. So what are we going to do? We have to take an action. I know we're talking, talking, talking. We cannot let them destroy this country. 
What are we going to do? Well, unfortunately, the reality is um, what Barack Obama once said is true. <clears throat> Elections have consequences. We can't stop it because the guy in the White House right now won the election, or at least was handed the election as the winner, and um, and he's got essentially carte blanche to decide how much he spends there. Now, I don't know at what point the the uh, GOP led House, which is supposed to control the national purse strings, uh, that they get involved and pass something that says we need to put a cap on this. Um, but I do know that right now Biden and the State Department and the Pentagon are making these decisions almost unilaterally, and nobody is making lifting a finger to stop them. And uh, don't we have a representative to go there and stop it? I mean, we listen and talking and everything. We have to have somebody. We don't have to. We have to act, not proact. We have to just be so, we just have to be so act and we have to stop the thing. We cannot all this tiny, tiny country to destroy the best country in the world. Don't yeah. we have people who can, no, well, we need there's... to people The only representatives we have, and thank you for, for the call, Yanina, I share your frustration and I share your concern. The only representation we have, obviously, is a very, very slim majority in the, uh, in the United States House of Representatives. And the reality of that is not all of them would vote for something that would limit the, the, the funding we're allowed, to, um, uh, we're allowed to continue to give to Ukraine. Many Republicans feel the same way Joe Biden and the Democrats do here in the House. Many of them say we need to support them. Stopping Vladimir Putin's incursion into Ukraine is the most important thing in the world. But let's say for the sake of discussion, we did have enough. And we passed a resolution in the House that says no more money for Ukraine or uh, this has to be capped at X amount of dollars. We cannot just go forward with a blank check. If that got through the House, now it goes to the Senate, where the Senate minority leader, Mitch McConnell, would, would absolutely oppose it. First of all, we'd be outgunned, 51 to 49 in terms of the numbers, or uh, 50 to 49 if Fetterman is in, incapable of uh, you know, doing his job, which of course he is. I don't want to get off onto that tangent, although I kind of do. <laughs> um, but we don't have the numbers in the Senate anyway. And besides that, Mitch McConnell, who is the leader of the Senate, will have his Romneys and his others you know, that are of his ilk um, voting to continue to fund Ukraine. McConnell calls it the most important thing in the world. He literally calls it the most important matter of urgency in the world today is stopping Vladimir Putin and driving him out of Ukraine. It's remarkable. It is absolutely much more of a concern to the other nations in that region, particularly those who are NATO ally, uh, 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 part of the NATO alliance, than it is to the United States. But he's acting as if it's like literally on our southern border. The U.S.-Mexico border to me is far more important to Americans than the Russian-Ukrainian border. It just is. That doesn't mean I'm not concerned about what's going on in Ukraine, and I supported the idea of driving um, a Biden out with strategic support for the Ukrainians at the beginning. But at some point, they have to pick this up and run with it themselves or get support from other U.N. nations particularly neighboring countries, bordering countries, and NATO countries that are worried about Russia if they do go through Ukraine going into another one, like Poland. This cannot be our fight. It cannot be at least our first fight. Our first fight should be to protect and preserve this country and these lands, these borders. 
And and instead, Biden is over there acting as though, you know, this is the, and Mitch McConnell, too, like I said, going back to the point. Even if we had representation to push back against Biden in the House, we would never have enough in the Senate, and so they're going to continue to spend. They're going to continue to just to announce these uh, new outlays of, of hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars at a time, and we just continue to sit here and watch our own economy struggle, watch our own bills rise, watch our own paycheck shrink as they send more and more of our dollars to help uh, Ukrainians rather than Americans. That's a problem. And I say that like a previous caller did, too. And I say that very, very strongly and very, very sincerely. This is not about the Ukrainian people for them. I absolutely do. But we're not putting money in the pockets of the Ukrainian people, are we? We're putting money in Zelensky's pocket. And then we're telling Zelensky, do with it what you will, as it pertains to uh, munitions or as it pertains to the war effort or Lord only knows what else, because there are many people who agree with the assessment that Zelensky is among the most corrupt leaders in Europe. And that's where we'll leave it. Thanks to Dr. Robert Malone. That interview was stellar, not because of me, but because of him. So it's with that in mind, I ask you to listen to it if you missed it. It'll be available in about an hour at whkradio.com. Thanks to Johnny and Marianne and Marcy, my team, and thanks to you for listening. We're back tomorrow. Curse and I will be with us along with Jim Jordan. So we'll see you tomorrow morning. Be well, be safe, stay free. Bye-bye.